please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio, and, and this week we are um, going back a little bit. Uh, last week we talked about cowboy action shooting, and right at the beginning of the show, of course, we made mention of the shooting that had happened in Chattanooga. And we just kind of needed a break from the carnage. Well, Doug and I. <laughs> you know, we had made a conscious decision that we were going to mention it but not address it, and we were not going to spend a whole show rehashing the same tired drumbeat that gun-free zones are target-rich environments, that nothing that you know anyone can do if you are forced to abandon your Second Amendment rights is going to make a difference, and it's the fault of politicians who are short-sighted and don't believe in individual security or freedom. Thank you, Barack Obama. Well, we'll get to that in a minute, but... I didn't want to do it again. I just didn't want to have that same tired refrain over and over when I think everyone who listens to this show has heard it before. And if you haven't heard it before, you can just go back and listen to some past episodes and hear it again. And so we made a decision not to address it in detail, that we extended our condolences to the family, and we were going to move on to happier news. Well, I think this week we have some, some happier, happier news, news. Yeah, we do. on the same front, which is really remarkable, because as we have watched this unfold over the, the past week— First, there was a tragedy. Then there was outrage that, you know, the government took no notice of it. There wasn't a, a, a call that this was terrorism, and I believe it's foreign terrorism, not domestic terrorism. Well, they're which is, investigating it as domestic terrorism, but um, I believe that this man had ties to ISIS. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, too, because I've got a, an interesting news article of my own. I know you do as well, but... So then there was the, the, the call for why is the, the flags not at half staff. Finally, we start to get people here who say, well, if you're not allowed to carry where you work, I am allowed to carry in front of where you work, and I am going to go stand in the gap and make sure that you are safe. Now, So basically what we have here is local citizens that have decided since they have their second amendment right to bear arms that they're going to protect our military personnel now this this has so many layers it just it appeals to me on different levels on one hand we have good citizens who are law-abiding people who have greater freedom than the military personnel who are serving their government now that is Actually, honestly, probably the way it should be. I think that the law-abiding citizens should have greater freedom and have greater opportunities and have be more um, trusted than anybody in government. Now, that's not disparaging anyone who's in military service in the least. I mean, there's a great sacrifice. But in, in a normal situation, I would much rather see individual citizens having greater liberty than anyone who's affiliated with the government. Well, the Second Amendment was set up so that the government would be afraid to screw with the private citizens. Right. So that the private citizens would have their rights and the government would be afraid to try to take them away. Exactly. And we've slowly but surely moved away from that to a government that is not scared of us, knows it can control us, knows it can destroy our lives, destroy our families, throw us in jail, steal our guns, and whatever else it wants to do to us. So we've moved away from America the Beautiful to America the Pathetic. So on the one hand, 
I, I really like the symbolism here. And then on another hand, we have the symbolism that these people are well-trained. Now, I'm going to agree with some of the things I've read that the average enlisted man does not receive anywhere near sufficient handgun training like they do rifle training because the handgun is not considered to be a primary military weapon, and it's not what they're supposed to be fighting a war with. Right. But these people are well-trained, and yet here is a government who is stepping in and depriving them of their rights, and individuals are stepping up to protect them and saying, we will protect you because we honor your sacrifices. That is another angle to this, which is phenomenal and appealing to me. And then finally, we have really a, a thumbing your nose in the face of big government on the parts of these individuals who are going out there to you know, take a stand and say, my rights matter. And, well, they basically say, hello, big government. You won't allow these people to protect themselves? Well, I'll protect them for you. And that is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. So I, I really am excited about this. It is, it is horrible that a tragedy has brought this out. But we see some of the best of humanity come forth in tragedies. And I think that that is something that we're seeing take place in this turn of events, where individuals are stepping up and standing in, in the, the gap. You know what really enraged me was the fact that the president waited until the next week, Tuesday of the next week, to lower the flags to half staff like it didn't even matter. So he can go to a funeral where some people were massacred as long as they're the same color as him and sing Amazing Grace. But he can't lower the flags to half staff for people that died for our country. And that just makes me sick. Well, you know, we're looking at, at the totality of this incident. And there's so many shocking things. First, you know, there's the domestic terrorism claim. Um, I'm reading from stripes.com where they reported that um muhammad yusuf abdulaziz was a kuwaiti born citizen oh no that's an american name didn't you know well it, it could it's be domestic terrorism terrorism there that's you know that that means that he's from here right kuwaiti born and that in a very you know when you talk about like the september 11th hijacking mm -hmm. we see a lot of them from saudi arabia Kuwait, yeah. Yemen, uh, the unrest in Yemen. It, it is a hotbed of people who are vehemently angry about our country. I have a totally politically incorrect question to ask, but I am going to ask it. Do you think he got his birth certificate at the same place Obama got his? <laughs> Maybe. Aww. Well, you know, he's he's alleged, and we're going to be real careful to say alleged, uh, to have killed four Marines and a sailor. He's dead, so he's killed four Marines and a sailor, and then the, somebody took him out. He's dead. He's He's gone. And um, he's alleged to have, have committed these crimes, and that now we have lawmakers pushing for legislation to allow service members to carry in their recruitment centers and on bases. And now we've seen so many of these attacks. We've seen, you know, from the Fort Hood shooting one, Fort Hood shooting two, the Naval Center, and now this, a, a, a progression of attacks in these gun-free zones. And so here are legislators calling. And we, you would think that people who are in the line of fire here would be all for this. And yet we find that there are people, you know, the brass, who are urging caution. And Stripes.com is, is reporting how... Um, several people in the higher ups are urging caution in, in arming a knee jerk reaction of wanna, arming the people. I want to know why the places in our country that should be the, the most important to protect, say our schools, our churches and our military bases are all gun free zones. That mm. just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't at all, and it comes from a fundamental disparity in, in logic that they think that by ordering the 
law abiding to not have guns that it will somehow protect. I mean, it's it's kind because of all like, criminals follow laws. Didn't you know that? It's kind of like having a, an agreement that we won't shoot Red Cross on a battlefield. Well, you don't shoot our Red Cross. We won't shoot your Red Cross. And then the wounded can be picked up. And it's kind of a gentleman's agreement. And if you impose, well, we're not going to carry our guns into churches. You will not attack the churches because there's no reason to. But it doesn't hold true because there are no gentlemen in a war on terror. No. And, and now we've got Iraq. And we've got a new treaty with Iraq allowing them everything they wanted and getting nothing in return. Have you have you read this? No, I have not. We're not getting any centrifuges or anything back from them. All we're we're doing is giving them money, and it was like to the tune of thirteen billion dollars, I think. Mm-hmm. I think we if they wanted nuclear weapons so bad, we should have just dropped a couple and turned their sand to glass. But that was just my opinion. You know, I'm, I'm looking through this article here, and we've got retired Navy Captain Charles Stimson, and Stimson's a rather famous name in the mm-hmm. Navy, um, who had served for 23 years as a naval judge, lawyer, and prosecutor, and has come out uh, against uh, allowing military personnel to carry weapons and bases. He said, I'm a strong supporter of the Second Amendment, as are most of my brothers and sisters in the military. Stimson, who has held the civilian post of deputy assistant Defense Secretary in charge of detainee policy under President George W. Bush. Um, but he says, you don't see a lot of push among active duty personnel to arm themselves. You know, I, you can give me my aluminum foil hat if you'd like to pass it here. But I believe that this is all just leading to something bigger, as in somebody declaring martial law so they don't lose their seat as president. Stripes.com also mentions that of the five military branches, only the Marine Corps require that every member is to qualify as riflemen, in part because Marines provide security at U.S. embassies and other American facilities around the world. So why weren't they allowed to have rifles there? Well, well no. this, this, that, that's a good question. Who, who ordered that they not be allowed to carry sidearms or rifles at military bases and installations inside the U.S.? Which and president? Nixon? No. Oh, probably Clinton. No. It happened. It came into effect during the Clinton administration, but it was drafted by George H.W. Bush, a Republican. Oh, what an idiot. I mean, we're, we're dealing with... and. George H.W. Bush, I, I, I'm sure a lot of you remember, uh, started off his career in the CIA. And while I have great respect for his son, and I know that his son has great respect for his father, I never really agreed with his father's positions on much of anything. Well, see, we put somebody in the CIA in the presidency, and that just seems like a bad, bad, bad. Well, there's a, there was a lot of strange things going on in that administration. Uh, folks, we are coming up on our first commercial break. When we come back, we are going to have a couple of special guests who were on scene defending our military personnel right here in Georgia. Um, so stay tuned, and we'll have them on after this break. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. We're joined in studio today with David Vasquez, and he is one of the gentlemen who has gone to a recruiting station with his sidearm, ready to defend the lives of the gentlemen inside when their own government that they serve told them that they could not. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's our pleasure. Now, um, I'd like to start off by asking you, are you a GeorgiaCarry.org member? I am indeed. And why did you choose to join up with GeorgiaCarry.org? When I, I first moved to Georgia back in 2007, and at the time I could say I, I wasn't very pro-gun, 
Um, and a little by little, I started to change my mind on that. And then I saw all the humongous changes that GeorgiaCarry.org did, whether it be like the rest stops carrying or public gathering or all the different things that because of Georgia Carry or organizations like it, things change. I decided I had to join. Well, that's that's wonderful, and we're really glad to have you be a part of the team. Now, what got you get the idea to go to a Army recruiting center and stand out in front with your sidearm? I was actually at work when the Chattanooga shooting happened, and it it enraged me beyond belief, and I, I, I couldn't believe that something like this had happened again. And the next day, I, I saw a gentleman who was doing it up in Virginia, and I thought to myself, you know what? That's a great idea. And I asked a couple people, hey, does anyone want to get together? And the next off day I had was Monday, which was yesterday. And I said, you know what? I'm going to stand outside and I'm going to spend as much time as I can out there and get people together and, you know, be seen, be known. Oh, that's a good thing you saw. Um, where The guy was in Manassas. Wasn't he in Manassas, Virginia? Uh, I'm not sure exactly where, but I'm pretty sure it was somewhere up in Virginia. Um, we have seen a lot of this happening in, in the social media. Of course, you see a lot of pictures and there's all over the South people that are going and standing outside of the recruitment centers, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Florida. Now you had another gentleman with you, didn't you? Yes. I actually had three other people showed up with me during the, the first part where a Fox five came out, there was just two of us. And then later on a, a different, uh, news station came out and there was four of us. So how did the media react to you guys standing in front of the recruitment center with firearms? Yeah, what was the, kind of they the were, backstory there? They were actually very supportive. They were asking us why, and even it was funny that the reporter herself said, so let me get this straight. The dry cleaner directly next to the Marines, if they get robbed, they can shoot back and defend themselves, right? We were like, yeah. So, but if the Marines get attacked, they can't defend themselves. We were like, correct. She's like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a scary prospect. It's so, a plaza that has many locations, but then it's like the Marines can't defend themselves, but the mom-and-pop pharmacy and dry cleaners can, the Navy can, but then the audio stereo guys can. So it's on the same plaza, people have different levels of rights. When you were approached by the media, uh, and you know, there's a wide variety of reporters out there, some who are pro and some who are anti. What was the sense? Did you feel like that they thought you were an oddity, or did they seem to be really supportive of your choice? They were actually very, I was like, like I said, I was super surprised. They were very supportive. Um, they were asking us, you know, oh, what, what gave you the idea to do this? What made you want to be out here? And uh, they were very supportive. They were agreeing with us. Now, I understand that they weren't the only people who showed up to talk to you about what you were doing. Yeah, uh, the po- the police actually showed up. I actually was smart, and uh, before before I went out there, I decided to call a local uh, Gwinnett PD to let them know, hey, guys, I'm going to be out there. Um, I'm going to have my rifle, I'm going to have a firearm, and a few other guys are. And they were all perfectly fine. They asked for my name and number. A few minutes later, I get a call, and it's a uh, sergeant, and he's asking, hey, what are you going to be doing? By the time I got there, he was already there. He had gone. He had started going to the different uh, businesses to let them know what we were doing. But he thanked me. He thought it was awesome. And while we were there, I'd say it was about, it was two sergeants, a lieutenant, and like three or four different officers and a sheriff's deputy all swung by. And they all came to shake our hands and say thank you. A few of them offered to buy us water or bring us water. One of them even offered to buy us food. He said, you guys hungry? You need any food? I'll go get you something. And we were like, no, 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 that's fine. Civilians were coming that owned like the businesses and that were near that, coming to thank us. And even the Marines went out and got us water, even though we told them a whole bunch of times, they, no, we have, you know, we're fine. We brought water. They went out and bought us, like, 
big old one liter bottles and gave us a whole bag full of that. That's awesome. So everyone, and I was that was my next question is what was the Marines' response? So they seemed to be very glad you were there too, huh? They were very happy. They came and shook our heads and said thank you. Uh, one of the Navy girls came out and asked for a picture. Um, the Army guys, they didn't. They appreciated us being there. They just said, can you just not hang out in front of our door? <laughs> but, you know, thank you for being here. So we were okay with that. I mean, everyone was ne- – we didn't get a single negative response from anybody. That's amazing. I, we scared one person. Um, I, she pulled in, and she saw me standing there with a rifle, and she left and came back around and slowly parked her car. And then I guess she called in to, I guess she worked at the Air Force, and they told her, no, 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 it's fine. They're out here, you know, watching over us. And then afterwards, she came out and thanked us. Well, you know, it's a little intimidating uh, for them if she had no idea what was going on to pull up and see a gentleman in the parking lot with a firearm after what had just happened in Chattanooga. So I could understand her fear there. Yeah, I, I definitely understood. Like, I wasn't, I was wearing, you know, plaid shirt and some khaki pants, and I'm sitting outside. At the time, I was by myself with a rifle in my hand. So I could see how, you know, it made her worry a little bit, but... Like I said, nobody was mean. Nobody was disrespectful. Everybody was super supportive. Well, that's that's a, a fantastic outcome. So are you going to do this again? I am. Um, my next off day, unfortunately, isn't until next Monday, Wednesday. But on both of those days, I plan on going out there again. That's, my, that's phenomenal. I, I know there's a few of the guys that were out there. They said they were going to be there today. I'm not sure if they're there or not right now. But our goal is to eventually get enough people either from, you know, Georgia Carey or from any of the bunch of organizations in georgia we have enough people together where we could literally have somebody out there every day you know is, it doesn't have one guy being out there for 10 hours a day it could be one guy for three hours another guy for two hours another guy for three and have constant coverage is this something that you're spearheading i i don't want to say i'm spearheading but i did i, I did bring up the idea at the georgia carry group and it did get a lot of people to say you know what it's a good idea Another buddy uh, started a Facebook page, he called it Operation Safe Bird, mm-hmm. and between him and I, we're going to try and, as much as possible, plan out not only our location, but hopefully other locations. So if somebody says, hey, I want to go to the station in Norcross, for example. Okay, let's see if anyone else does, too. So how does someone who's listening to this broadcast this morning uh, get in touch and get onto this website so that they can join in as well? If you go to the time Facebook, if you look for we have a page called Operation Safeguard. Look for that. Um, and if you go on there and like the page, we'll start commenting about different locations. And if anyone has a question, the easiest thing to do is just comment on the page and ask us, hey, uh, if I want to go protect XYZ location, how do I go about doing it? Mm, that's that's very good, and I'm I'm so glad that somebody took the initiative to get this started and really get working on it. Well, this shows the general public that not all gun owners are terrorists. You know, some sure. of us are the good guys. One thing I definitely really want to stress is whoever decides to do this, uh, definitely let your local law enforcement know ahead of time. Yes, granted, you're not breaking the law by being out there, but it makes things a lot easier if they get a call hey, there's two armed guys outside, and they know, okay, yeah, those are those guys who called us, versus they just hear someone calling, there's a dude with a rifle outside. Right. It'll save you a lot of headaches. See, every single officer who came, and there was about seven of them, were extremely supportive. They all shook our hands, thanking us over and over again. Well, see, so they were asking us if we need anything. So those guys are on our side. We need to have them helping us and backing us, too. It's time for us as a people to all stand up and say, this is where we draw the line. No more. And this is what you guys are doing. You guys are saying, okay, this has happened, and it's happened enough already. No more. We're going to stand here and protect this. If our government won't step in, we will. 
Exactly. And my thing, it's to me, it was more of a a symbolic gesture more than anything because, you know, I didn't expect anything to happen or anyone to come out there. However, I said, you know what, it shows that it's ridiculous that I even have to be out here. What I told one of the reporters is, I hate that I'm here. I don't hate being here. I love being here. I hate that I have to be. Yes. I hate that these guys don't get the right to protect themselves. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the most shocking things about this, is here are the people who are supposed to be protecting us, but we're protecting them. And in some ways, I think that that's a good thing. I mean, the government the government should never have more power than the people. So... Well, the thing of it is, is these guys are still people, even though they've got government jobs. And the government technically owns them at the moment, because when you sign into a military position, the government owns your butt until you're out. But at right. the same time, they're denying these gentlemen their Second Amendment rights, which, which seems kind of harsh, because even if they're not using it to defend our country, they still should have the right to protect themselves. And yet this policy has brought out so much good in people to see you know, your average law-abiding citizen come forth and say, I'll stand in the gap, just like David here. Yeah. Well, David, we, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know? Because we're coming up on our next commercial break in just a minute. Um, no, just um, like I said, if you go decide to do it, make sure you let everyone know ahead of time what you're doing. Um, I plan on doing it again next week. I'm going to do it a little bit better, maybe have a sign posted out, have more people. That way it's a little bit more organized. This was kind of a last-minute thing. Well, but don't get discouraged. I got a lot of a lot of positive feedback, but I also have a lot of negative feedback from people online saying, you know, why aren't you here? Why aren't you over there? But you're doing this pointless. You're just looking for attention. I ignore those people. I ignore them because that's always going to come. Well, there's going to be negativity from somewhere, no matter what you do. The thing of it is, is you just got to do what you feel is right. The victory goes not to the critic, but to those who enter the ring, and that's for sure in this case. So, David, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we're going to be going to our next commercial break, guys. When we come back, we are going to be having a live interview with a gentleman who is on site today, standing guard over our troops. So we will be back in just a moment. You are listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody, and I'm so glad that you guys have stuck around through the break. We have Paul Russell uh, on the phone with us right now, and he has spent today, I know a lot of you um, know that this show is sometimes pre-recorded, but today Paul was in Chastain Meadows Shopping Center just off of Barrett Parkway and 575 in Cobb County where they have a recruiting center. And actually, that Walmart has been kind of a hotbed lately of, of activity. Wasn't there a, 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 an incident there just a couple of weeks ago, Jesse? Yeah, there was like three weeks ago somebody got shot there. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, even though it's Cobb County and you think, oh, it's a nicer part of town, this is still a rather dangerous environment Tell to me be. That place is getting ready to get started calling the murder Walmart instead of just murder Kroger over on. <laughs> so, well, let's, let's turn to our guest. Paul, are you there? I am. Awesome. Thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, now, what got you interested in going out in front of the Walmart or the recruiting center near the Walmart to protect our troops? Well, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, of course, news last Thursday from Chattanooga. I grew up there. Oh. So that's uh, that's like home to me. And uh, when I heard that and, and even saw that one of the soldiers was from here in Marietta graduating from Sprayberry, uh, it really, really hit home. Yeah, Sprayberry High School is not very far from the Walmart you're at, is it? That is correct. 
just a couple, three miles down the road. And uh, they're having a memorial service tonight for the soldier who was from there. Now, we're recording <coughs> on Tuesday, so this this will be passed when oh, this airs. Yeah, so we don't want anybody going out to the church there or the school there and, and trying to go to a memorial service that was four days ago. So I wanted to just make sure everybody knew. Right. But you, so this kind of touched home for you, and you decided that. I mean, did you know about the the website and how to sign up? How did you find out about this this movement? Well, I, I had not heard of the website yet. Um, I just noticed on Facebook some postings that people had put up of recruitment centers in other parts of the state of Georgia. Uh, Georgia on the Georgia Terry site is where I saw it. And I saw the one in Hiram that first came out. That's the first one I saw anyway, mm-hmm. of uh, civilians coming and standing or sitting out in front of the recruitment center with their weapons. And uh, I thought, you know, how ironic is this? Well, what's wrong with this picture? We've got our uh, people in our country who are the most well-trained uh, and capable of defending themselves and others with weapons, and we strip them of their rights to carry those weapons. And here we have pictures of civilians protecting our military. And I thought, that, that's just wrong. But it's the way things are right now. And if that's all we can do, then I'll stand a post. Well, you know, it's really interesting, especially when you consider that the Marine Corps is charged with providing security to our embassies and facilities around the world. And here they are unarmed and, and relying on just honest people to stand in the gap for them. I know. Yeah, that, just, that just bothers me. So I thought, first chance I get, I'm going to do that. I thought about going out yesterday because I knew the GTO folks were going to be there, at least at some for some part of the day. Uh, but I didn't make it, so I went out today. Well, that's that's very cool. Now, are you a GCO member? I am. And how long have you been a GCO member? Uh, just a year or so. Well, very cool. Very cool. And what what made you decide to join? Uh, well, I liked what they were doing. I liked their approach. Uh, to trying to change the law and changing people's minds. Uh, they're not uh, mean about it. They're not in your face. Uh, but they're You've fine. never actually met Jerry Henry then, have you? <laughs> uh, well, I have, but not in a circumstance where I would see that kind of... Jerry's <laughs> a big teddy bear. <laughs> Doug exaggerates. <laughs> Well, with as frequently as he comes on the show, I've got to get my jabs in somewhere. But he has <laughs> the most famous firearm in Georgia because his gun is on the news at least twice a week. If it's not one of our local <laughs> news stations, it's Al Jazeera America. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, how long were you at the recruiting center? Uh, just over an hour. Okay. Right. That's a good stint. And so it's not something that you have to devote a whole day to. Yeah, I didn't have a whole day, but I did want to do what I could. Now, did you do like the gentleman David did and call up the police and tell them that you were going out ahead of time, or did you get any surprises? Uh, Actually, I did not call the police, and I did get surprised. I was, uh, I I did go in unarmed to the center first and introduce myself to the Marines who were working there. Told them I was a member of GCO and that I was wanting to do my part. And, and stand up, stand a post, and they seemed very grateful for that. Uh, I think my approach was uh, appropriate and disarming, so they didn't think I was a nut job. You know, just you know, ready to do something bad. So you left your aluminum foil hat in the car, right? 
Right. I did too. I did too. Yeah, but uh, they, they, uh, yeah, I had my had my weapon in the car, and, and I just uh, walked in and introduced myself. They said, "Yeah, it looks fine. Thank you for doing that. Uh, just don't block the door." I said, "Okay, no problem." So I went back to my car and got my chair, got my AR-15, and walked back up there and set my chair down and sat down with the gun across my lap and just waited. You know, that was something then, that I, I was wondering, was whether people just used handguns or if they brought rifles out, because it's, so it's so much more visually impressive when you see a person who has a rifle rather than just, you know, a concealed weapon. Now, you were you got a little surprise as you sat there. What was it? I did. I, I'd probably been there 40 minutes or so, and I noticed a Cub police car uh, coming toward me slowly from the left and then I looked and there was another one coming from the right <laughs> and they both stopped and got out and uh, one of them just had his sidearm but the other one had his sidearm and a, uh, an AR-15 or uh, an assault weapon you know the that version the automatic version I'm sure yeah uh, and they slowly and casually walked up to me asked me my name asked me what I was doing and I told them I just sat there casually and didn't move a muscle and we talked for a little while and uh, after a little bit, another car rolled up, and then another, and before it was over, there were probably seven cars that rolled through, but they pretty much all got out, and we chatted a little bit, and everything was fine. They didn't give me any trouble. And, uh, they went inside the center and made sure all the folks inside were okay with me being out there. And I told, They asked me, and I told them that I'd gone in and introduce myself first before I ever took my weapon out of my car. And so everything was good. They got me cars and rolled away. And then uh, not too long after that, maybe 10 minutes, a uh, Channel 2 WSB news truck rolled up, and they came up with a cameraman and interviewed him. So that was kind of a surprise as well. well and how, but, how, uh, did, how did the media respond to you being there? Uh, they, were, they were just totally cool about it. It was just one reporter and one cameraman. And he said they'd seen other places and, uh, having the same thing happen. They just wanted to know what I was thinking, what motivated me to come, and I told them, and they went on their way. Well, that's that's good. I mean, sometimes, you know, reporters, there's reporters who are pro and some who are anti, and they can try to kind of slant things, not not necessarily during the broadcast, but definitely when they're talking to you before or after, you can get a sense of it. And you felt like sure. they were they were overall supportive of what you were doing? I did. Very cool. That's that's a wonderful thing to be hearing, especially you know, especially in, out at WSB TV in our line of work. They're yeah. a little bit uh, anti at times. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, they they did some really wonderful stories after the um, soapocalypse about people taking care of themselves too. So it really depends on the individual reporter more so than yeah. the station. So, um, did you did you get any offers of support? Did anybody stop by and shake your hand or offer you free sub sandwiches like they're getting in Hiram today? <laughs> Actually, all those things happened. Really? Uh, the, the WSB reporter, by the way, was Ross Cabot. Okay. And um, one of the military guys came out and talked to him as if he knew him, so apparently he'd been there before. Or they may have called stories. him, too. And they may have called him, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had several people uh, shake my hand as they walked by or wave at me from their car or stop and roll down the window and say, I appreciate what you're doing. You're a great American or something like that. And then... Um, Four different people brought me bottles of water. One wow. of them was a like a half gallon jug. That's awesome. Yeah, so and did then you... one guy brought me a, a gift card to a, a nearby restaurant for lunch. Which one? Uh, dog Fathers. Oh, okay. Hot dog place. Yeah. Everybody loves a good hot dog. Amen. Oh yeah, and they're really good there too. 
So um, you've had some great response, people who are supportive. Did you have any negative comments for people walking by spitting on you or doing any of that sort of garbage? Not one. Well, I guess that's a message to all the moms that are demanding something out there to see how people really feel about armed citizens in our society. Right. There, this is... It may have been the imposing presence of that... Uh, firearm. <laughs> no, firearm. I doubt uh, it. <laughs> but, but no, I, I didn't get anybody that uh, gave me any dirty looks or, or said anything bad or anything. You know, I believe that this is just one of the positive things that people will see in the media that will help people to understand that it's not only bad guys that have guns. In fact, the majority of guys that have guns are good guys. Right. And it's time that we get that message through and across because too often we we look at the way that people are presented in the movies and in the media and the way the news stories roll, and it's always negative, negative, negative. But here we have a horrible tragedy that has brought out the best in the gun-owning community, that is bringing the silent majority up to the surface to speak up, and in such an appropriate way. I've never heard of people standing up to defend the military like this. I mean, there are people who have have said, you know, we need to support our military and we support our troops and wear the ribbon, but to to come out and to put themselves where they're going to, to have to have a police interaction they're going to be on the forefront like that that really takes courage and i have to say kudos to you and david vasquez and all of the other fine uh, weapons owners that are going out and protecting our military personnel right now when they can't defend themselves paul we're coming up on our, our commercial break so we're going to have to let you go but thank you so much for coming on the show with us we really appreciate it uh you're very welcome All right, folks, we will be back in just a minute with the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, That was Paul Russell reporting from the, uh, the corner of Barrett Parkway and 575 about his experiences protecting our military. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. So we've had two great interviews this week with people who are on the ground supporting our military by carrying their rifles in public in a way that nobody was scared of. The only people who seemed to have any concerns at all were the police officers, but all your average citizens were coming up and shaking their hands and giving them food and giving them water and appreciating them and getting and the members of the military coming out to get their pictures taken with people who were willing to put their lives on the line to defend their lives and to support our military. And this is something that I wish our, our commander-in-chief had the, the guts to come out and do. I wish I wish President Obama would come and stand with a rifle in front of one of the service centers and protect our military. I don't want to give President Obama a rifle. I think that if he was willing to do that, then we would have a president we could be proud of. Oh, I'm 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 afraid. You know, yeah, no thanks. And anyway. uh, we can give him a Nerf gun. <laughs> so if you are interested in getting more information and stuff like this and being involved and knowing what's going on and being able to get active, not only in, in demonstrations like these, and, I, and you know, I understand that they are willing to, to take whatever action is necessary if someone were to attack one of these. But as David said, this is largely symbolic. This is a demonstration. This is a show of support. And if you want to be a part of that, the best way is to become a member of GeorgiaCarry.org. You can go to the GeorgiaCarry.org website, www.GeorgiaCarry.org, all spelled out, and click join in the top left-hand corner for $20 a year. You can become a member and get the newsletter and find out everything that's going on in the state of Georgia. For $500, you can be a lifetime member and find out everything that's going on from now until the day you die and be involved and be active. And especially lifetime members get 
exclusive perks like uh, special chairman's dinner at the annual banquet and other things that are coming like up. Like a hat and a knife that says Georgia Carey Life member. It's a really nice knife. I'm thinking about paying $500 for it. So there are lots of opportunities. And if you don't have access to the website, you can always go to any gun show or most of the local fairs and festivals and get signed up. A lot of the local gun dealers and, and ranges also have sign-up materials available right there. So when you're buying your next you know, Winchester 73 or Glock 23, no matter, or anything in between, you can sign up right there as you're paying on your way out the door and become a member and be able to support such a fine institution. You also, also have gun shows and, and conventions and the festivals in the area absolutely gco sets up tables and feel free to reach out to us you can contact us at radio at georgiacarry.org of course you know our opinions today are our own not necessarily that of the board or the chairman but if you like what we're saying or if you don't like what we're saying shoot them an email and let them know because we love to hear feedback about everything we're doing here on the radio if you have any ideas for our show you can send those ideas into radio at georgia dot and we'll get those information about those ideas and see if we can do a show that you're interested in. And of course, you know, if you have a, a legal issue, most people know that not only besides this, I'm a local area attorney here in Atlanta, North Georgia, and do wills and trusts and all sorts of good things. And you can reach me at Doug at uh, King's K-I-N-G-S law office dot net. Uh, so this brings us to the good, the bad, and the ugly, Jess. And, you know, I've been thinking real hard about the, the ramifications of the good, the bad, and the ugly this week with everything that's going on. And now for the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good this week is that six governors have done away with the gun-free zones the military facilities, which is what we were just discussing. So they've done this following the deaths of the five military service members at the hands of a possible Muslim extremist in Chattanooga. And the states that have done away with the zones are Indiana, Florida, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. Although Governor Deal has not done away with ours, he has encouraged Georgia service members to carry according to Georgia state law. Yeah. Um, the bad is coming from the Social Security Administration this week, and they have proposed a, a, a law that would strip millions of their Second Amendment rights, and it would effectively ban Social Security recipients who have a designated payee from purchasing firearms from an FFL. So basically somebody with a, a designated payee is a person who is not able to manage their own money, has someone who would help them manage their money, and the check is made out to them and that person. So they're saying if they can't manage money, they can't handle a firearm. Well, and so, you know, there's, there are other things that that logic could be applied to firearms certainly can be dangerous in the wrong hands but what is more dangerous in the wrong hands than a vote why aren't they trying to take away voting rights for people who aren't competent to handle their own finances because then there would be no democratic party <laughs> oh yeah i went there so anyway what they're proposing is that they link the social security database to the ncis database and when a background check is run it determines whether that person is a prohibited person based on also how their social security check is written out. I think that that may be a little bit of a violation of someone's privacy. And the ugly again comes from every town USA. It does a lot actually. Um, but the avid, avid gun control group, every town USA wants the three day background check law to be changed to close the three day loophole. 
Uh, currently, a person whose background check does not come back within three days can go ahead and purchase the firearm they were trying to get from the FFL without the background check coming in. So James Comey with the FBI claims that this is how the Charleston shooter deal in Storm Roof was able to get the firearm that he purchased, the Glock that he used in, in the massacre. Mm-hmm. So every town says that there should be um, no sales for anyone that doesn't have a completed background check. There shouldn't be just a three-day wait period. If you don't get a background check done, if it doesn't come back, they don't care if it takes a year. You well, don't buy one until your background if, check's completed. If the FBI reallocates the people to no longer perform background checks, then it becomes a de facto gun ban on every single person in the United States. Pretty much. And, and I think that's what they're working for. I think so, too. I think that this would be um, effectively stopped. I think that there are a lot of people who would not see the danger in this and realize that this could, by virtue of of delays in administrative procedures, completely eliminate firearms ownership for every American. Well, that's the reason you and I are here, to educate our fellow gun owners, right? Absolutely, Jess. And this is such a – I see this as a high calling, to reach out to people and let them know what's going on in their world and to get them involved in ways that georgiacarry.org only can do. You know, we we talk about becoming a member so you get the newsletter. The newsletter tells you what's going on and not – fear-mongering and not if you if you don't send us a hundred dollars then your rights will be taken away forever but saying if you don't call if you don't send an email if you don't go down to the capitol today your rights will be taken away and that's more important than any donation anyone can ever make is to be involved and be to be a a part of this movement and, and see, the membership's only $20 a year, and they used that $20 a year added up from every member to fight for your rights. They actually do bring about change. And if you look back at the gun laws from 2008 or even 2006 in Georgia until now, you'll see where GeorgiaCarry.org has been involved in every substantial change in gun law. Every positive change. Not, not every change, but every positive change for sure. I mean, there's there's been some times where where things have been sliding and fight has been taken to the you know the doors of the Congress or the, the legislators here when they try to do something that hurts a gun owner. But GeorgiaCarry.org is has been behind, has been influencing, has been fighting for every positive change that has happened in this state. So while we're sitting here and we're talking about the the greatness of GeorgiaCarry.org, we're going to again toot the horns of of our leadership here and and say that we've got a great board of directors and uh, executive director and and president and and they do everything they can to help us fight for our rights but the members are the most important part we we've been trying to be a little more member centric on this show Mm -hmm. and get real members average members onto the show to talk about why they're here because let's be honest everybody can go to the convention and see the board sit and talk about why they're here and everybody can go to these chapter meetings where a board member shows up and and toots the horn about why they got involved of course you know if you're dedicated to the level you become a board member obviously you're committed to the cause but what are the average members like and here we've heard from two today we've heard from so many over the last few weeks who are just average people who are just as passionate about this cause as any board member has ever been and they are here for a specific reason they wanted to get involved they wanted to see some change and they wanted to be part of that change you can be part of something larger than yourself. You can make change that will affect your children and your grandchildren and their children. And you can do it today. And it doesn't take millions of dollars. You don't have to be Donald Trump. It doesn't take you know a, a massive commitment of time. You don't have to become a uh, take a vow of poverty and forsake your job to go do this stuff. It takes a couple hours a month. 
And, you know, it's kind of like our, our reserve members who are now, you know, in some states at least allowed to carry their firearms to protect themselves under, like, active duty military. You know, as a couple, uh, a one weekend a month and, and two weeks a year, you can change the world. So while you're trying to change the world, go online and, and like georgiacarry.org. You can also find georgiacarry.org radio. We have a Facebook page on there. Like us and, and send us comments or questions. Or get a look at our ugly mugs. Get a look at our ugly mugs. Is your picture on there? I doubt it. It's going to be today. <laughs> um, you can also go and check out Operation Safeguards Facebook page. This is the page that was set up for uh, the group of, of gentlemen that are going out to our and we'll link to that us. on our Facebook page this afternoon. Yes. So it'll be up by the time everyone's listening to this. So it's been a great show. I think that this was an awesome opportunity to really highlight things that people are doing on the ground level, to talk to some very eloquent. I mean, that was something that impressed me. I mean, the you, you get some of these people who go on TV shows or the news and they, they can't string two words together. We cold called these guys. They One had you know an idea that we were going. The, the, the second gentleman, yeah. he... I called, contacted him while he was standing out there doing his thing and said, we're going to call you. Is that okay? He's like, sure. He had no time to get ready. <laughs> and yet they were both eloquent, well-spoken, highly uh, you know, intelligent individuals. And that is the, the pinnacle of what GeorgiaCarry.org is. It wasn't all about like Moms Demand Action, the last interview I saw with one of them where the woman's like, uh, um... Um, um, it's like, oh, okay. And n- nobody thought that Guam could tip over. So, I mean, here we go. It's <laughs> just it's just that much uh, of a wonderful institution to be a part of. Folks, we're coming up to the end of the show. Thank you for joining us. Tune in the same station next week, same bat time, same bat channel. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8, right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.